Hey, if you enjoyed my episode on IEPs and you want to listen to more podcast episodes about IEPs, I want to tell you about another podcast you should check out. It's called Understood Explains. This season, the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Ertube, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. You might have heard me talk about IEPs on my episode, and this latest season of Understood Explains covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP, and it busts common myths about special education. I checked out these episodes, and I think that they are a great place for you to go after listening to mine. They go into a little more detail and answer a little more in depth about what an IEP is and whether your child needs one. So listen to Understood Explains by searching for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains. Hello, you sentient balls of stardust. I am Casey Davis. Welcome to Struggle Care. Um, We're going to talk today with Kat Hunt about technological, not I guess not solutions, but technology aids when it comes to having ADHD. And I'm particularly interested in this subject because I feel like I've tried out a few and I have a difficult time with technology anyways, because I always feel like everything needs to be like tactile and visual around me. So I'm interested to hear a little bit more about what could be useful to the ADHD person when it comes to technology. Yeah. So I am a little bit opposite. I work in a tech industry, so it's been kind of in my wheelhouse for a long time. But a lot of the solutions that I've been discovering recently are very user-friendly. And I kind of honed in on three particular kind of symptoms that people with ADHD or other executive functioning disorders or challenges kind of grapple with. And I've identified what these technologies do that helps those three specific areas. In my life, I think for other people as well, it could be a solution. That's wonderful. Okay, hit me with the first one. So one of the first big ones is time blindness, where you either underestimate how much time you need for something, or you exert a disproportionate amount of time to something uh, that you're hyper fixating on. So for example, one solution that I use Calendly, I can actually build in uh, buffers for my appointments and things. So I don't have to worry about going over into another appointment or other obligation. And it also gives me a little bit of breathing room because it sometimes can be hard to pivot from one activity to the other. So having like 30 minutes or 45 minutes to decompress after an appointment and start into the next activity can be very helpful. And with a software solution like that, I don't have to think about it. It is built into my schedule automatically without me having to spend a lot of cognitive energy trying to calculate that with every individual appointment. It just happens automatically. So this is something I totally think that I should do because I (laughs) use Acuity, which is like a similar one where I block off times and do this, that, and the other. And I actually saw at one point where it asked me like how much time to put in between appointments. And I just didn't click anything because at the time I was like, oh, pack it in, right? But here's the thing. You're so right. Not only on the back end, but like the amount of times where I've gotten sidetracked and started something late. So it pushes it beyond. And I take ADHD meds in the morning. And so when I get several hours of this like really intense motivation, 
And I find that during that time, I'm less likely to be tuned into what my body needs. So whether it's going to the bathroom, getting a drink of water, eating something. And I have definitely found that like times when I have like back to back to back to back meetings or appointments, I'm not leaving myself any time in between to do that. Well, let me say that there is enough time to do something in between. There's not enough time for my brain to decompress from that meeting to the point where it can start to actually hear the messages my body is sending. Exactly. Definitely. Some other kind of solutions to that as well. I know I'm not sure if other people do. Well, I'm sure some people do, but I will have lots of tasks on my to-do list. And I never have enough time to necessarily get to all of them. So some software solutions, I particularly use something called Artful Agenda. There's probably others that do this. I think Taskly does this too. It will migrate tasks that are undone at the end of the day to the next day. Again, it's automatic. I don't have to exert cognitive energy to think about it. It's just, oh, she did not finish that. She didn't check it off. Let's move it to the next day. Sometimes I might reschedule it for a day later in the future, but I don't often identify that the day of. It's the next day that I look at the task again and say, ah, I need to push this out a little bit further. So that keeping track of that data, which was kind of my next problem, data loss and data overwhelm, kind of keeps all of that together without me having to exert extra mental energy for it. And is it putting it on your calendar or is it putting it on just like another day's to-do list? So this particular software solution is interesting. I port in my Google Calendar, which my Google Calendar, if you saw it, would be absolutely insane because there's my calendar, but there's also calendars that I have to have an awareness of. They're not necessarily directly related to me, but I'm a manager, I'm in a kind of a managerial role. So like I'm having to coordinate. Well, I migrate my personal things into this other software. So that pops up on a monthly, weekly and daily spread. I don't have to copy it. It does it again automatically. And then it has in that software task areas. It kind of looks like a paper planner, this particular solution, but it's not. So rather than trying to write things from one page to the next to migrate it, it just automatically does it. That's great. Okay. Hit me with the next one. So the third problem uh, is the problem of dopamine. (laughs) So ADHD individuals in particular, but a lot of different people who have other neurodivergence have dopamine seeking behavior or dopamine resistant behavior. In my case, it's dopamine seeking. And if things are under stimulating to me, I won't keep up with them. And it's not only that I won't keep up with them. In some cases, it can be actually painful to engage in something that is not stimulating. So the act of going to a calendar and writing down your agenda in a planner, for example, this is a very tedious kind of task. So by eliminating that and automating it, it gets done in an efficient way that's not painful to me (laughs) or doesn't get shoved under the rug. Other solutions, kind of with time management, uh, there's one program I use called Forest where it will actually grow a tree for every 25 minutes you're working on something. 
It's a virtual tree. You can create little forest. So I'm not kidding when I say that like of everything you've said, that one has blown my mind the most because, you know, I found myself playing. So I play Love and Pies, which is a mobile game that I'm kind of obsessed with, but um, I play it all the time. And one of the things that I find myself thinking about, like as I'm playing it, because it's one of those games where, you know, you have like a certain amount of energy and as the energy goes down, then you got to like wait a few minutes and, and get more energy. But one of the things that I find myself thinking is like, this, you know, I'm like merging strawberries to make a pie. And it's like, this pie doesn't exist. I don't know why my brain feels so satisfied by this completion. I remember thinking like, I wish there was like a game where in order to get more energy, I had to go to like, do some sort of care task, <laughs> like that it could magically know that I went and like did my dishes and I'd come back to all of this energy tokens and I could keep going. Because you're right. There is something really satisfying about just that, like it's moving towards something. It's doing mm-hmm. something. It's not, I'm not just like doing things in the abyss. And I can 100% see myself like working extra on something because I'm like, well, I'm seven minutes away from the next tree or whatever it is. <laughs> Yeah, actually, you know, if I don't do it as regularly yet to create like a whole forest, but I have had days where I have some super tedious work where I'll have multiple trees and it's really quite satisfying to look at a whole forest of what you've done. So you could apply that to any number of things, but it also keeps things again, kind of talking about trying to manage your energy levels. You don't often recognize when you're approaching the end of your energy level by breaking it into 25 minute increments. If it's something I'm really engaged in, it has the opposite effect. Oh, I've worked on this one thing for, you know, an hour and a half. Maybe I should step back from it and take a break or switch to something else. It's Um, great because like the passage of time related to that timeline is like, it really is difficult. And whenever I talk about solutions with like timers and things, I find that there's always two kinds of people that are really drawn to that. And the first are people that they don't want to start, but if they can visually see like, oh, it's only going to be this amount of time. It's like, okay, I can keep going. There's only a little bit left. But then the other people are people who are like, once I start, I just forget the world. And all of a sudden hours later, I'm still doing this and I've missed all these things. And so that visual passage of time is really important. But I found that like, so my go-to is always the like the visual timer, right? Mm -hmm. Where you turn the dial and it colors the time in like a color. So like red, blue, purple, Mm -hmm. but that's really only helpful for me when I need to visualize how much time has passed coming to a specific stop point. Mm -hmm. So I only want to do 15 minutes, but like you're saying, If the issue is the opposite, where it's like, I can work on this as long as I want to, it's open-ended, but I do need to be aware Mm -hmm. how much time I'm spending on it. I need to see the passage of time to be better tuned into how much time, you know, I'm taking away from what other things I might need to do that day. Absolutely. And for me, I've seen those physical timers. I think those are really neat. One of the big things about all of the solutions I use is it's mobile access. And that's something that I very rarely forget. A planner, 
I always forget it at the house. I forget it at the office. It's never where I need it to be. Tools that are physical like that will get left in a bag. And when I switch bags, it's not with me anymore. Um, for my particular profession, I travel a lot. I'm on the go a lot. So having everything in a handheld device is really helpful for me too, because I can use it anywhere. So that's I been totally get thing. that because my number one, like, and I guess you could call it technology, Okay, so we're talking about the passage of time, right? Okay, so this is a timer cube, and it's basically mm -hmm. like this little cube. It's like the size of my palm. And you can get them with different increments of time, right? So mine is the one that has 5 minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, just around the sides. So when I put the time that I want facing up, it starts a timer for that amount of time. That's so cool. So this is that really helpful. Is very satisfying. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I just scrooched my chair. It's really helpful when I'm at home because I was like setting a timer on my phone, but then I'm picking up my phone and I'm getting distracted by the things on my phone. Mm. This is really helpful. And the way that I finally like cracked the code of the best way for me to use it is like, let's say that I have a meeting in an 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. So what I used to do was, okay, great. Put the 30 minutes up. But then it would go off and I'd be like, oh gosh, oh gosh. And I'd be right in the middle of something. And I'd be like, well, let me just wrap this one thing up. And then it'd be 10 minutes later and I'd be late to the meeting. So what I found was the best way to actually do it is if I have 30 minutes until I have to be at a meeting, I do the 20 minutes instead. Mm -hmm. So that when it goes off, it orients me to the time and I go, mm -hmm. okay. So I need to spend about five more minutes wrapping this up. So then I'll click the five minute one over and, and I'll focus on wrapping something up so that when that timer goes off, I'm done. And I still have five minutes to like prepare or pull up the screen or get on the phone or whatever for the next thing. Mm -hmm. And when I finally figured out that that's what I needed, like I needed the to not just be told when to stop, right? Like we don't just need a timer. We truly need tools that orient us to the passage of time as we are doing something, which is what I love about like the forest one. What's it called again? It's called forest. And I think it's actually a lot of these are free or very cheap. I think forest is free for most functions. And you'll like this as well. I don't take advantage of this because I can't be disconnected completely in most cases but it will actually block out all of your apps and notifications if you ask it to. Oh. <laughs> so the phone becoming its own distraction can sometimes be mediated that way um, for some folks. Again, I can only do that to a certain degree. Because sure, of some people the work need I to do, be plugged but... in. Okay, I'm going to yeah. check out the Forest app. Let's pause for just a second to hear a word from our sponsor. And when we come back, I want to ask you about Alexa because I heard your Alexa going off and I have some questions. I've never met a free trial that I didn't like. The problem is, is that I often forget to get out of them before they start charging me. But I don't have that problem since I started using Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. I love how the dashboard shows me this month's spending compared to last month, and I can clearly see my spending habits. Plus, they'll help me create a custom budget and keep my spending on track. Rocket Money will even try to negotiate lower bills for you, up to 20%. All you have to do is submit a picture of your bill, and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. They'll even deal with customer service for you. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million 
and canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash struggle. That's rocketmoney.com slash struggle, rocketmoney.com slash struggle. Are you frustrated by buying your kids clothes and having them grow out of them within a week? Do they itch, pinch, and they just aren't comfortable? Well, then you need to check out Posh Peanut. Made from this amazing bamboo material, the clothes are legitimately so soft and they stretch with your kids as they grow. They are four times stretchier than cotton. Made to last, loved by parents, and approved by kids. Posh Peanut makes thoughtfully crafted, beautiful and stylish clothing for kids and families designed in-house from beautiful florals to all of your favorite brands, such as Hot Wheels, Disney, Hello Kitty, and Barbie. Their pieces are made with that ridiculously soft fabric, and it even stays soft, wash after wash after wash. Right now, Posh Peanut is offering our listeners 20% off your first order with promo code STRUGGLE. Go to poshpeanut.com slash struggle and use promo code STRUGGLE for 20% off your first order. That's poshpeanut.com slash struggle, promo code STRUGGLE. I have a six-year-old that's really into learning. Learning books, learning apps, learning shows, but I'm really grateful to have found a learning podcast for her. From the creators of the hit kid podcast, Who Smarted, and Netflix's Brainchild, comes the adventurous world of mysteries about true histories, affectionately known as math. Every episode follows Max and Molly, who have just been recruited to a secret order of problem solvers. On an adventure through time, packed with puzzles, hidden equations, history, and laughs, making learning cool. My kid really appreciates these. They're only 15 minutes long, and she can stay engaged. She likes the characters. It's perfect for ages six and up. New episodes drop every Thursday, each stacked with so much laughter that your kids won't even realize how much they're learning. So tune in to Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. Okay, I want to talk about Alexa because I have one. And I don't know like how much you use your Alexa, but I feel like I'm not using it to its potential because other ADHD people talk about these like really creative things they're doing with their Alexa. And I don't do anything with mine except like the timer when I'm cooking. So I actually discovered Alexa first for my daughter years ago, um, and she actually is um, on the autism spectrum. So shifting tasks for her is very challenging for different reasons and in different ways. So for us, we started using it was just kind of a speaker to play music. You know, we got on some freebie or bonus or something. I would tell Alexa to give my daughter cues that in 30 minutes she was going to have to start shifting gears into something else or in 10 minutes. And sometimes depending on how difficult it was for her for a certain task, we might do a couple of those, you know, 30 minutes, 10 minutes, five minutes. Um, So it really started as a tool for her. I don't use it in the house very much personally, but what I use it for is the office more so. And a lot of what you were just saying about how you'll use your cube to give you some, 
buffer to orient your time. Alexa does that for me in my office when I'm here. She'll, I call her Ziggy because I'm a big David Bowie fan (laughs) and that's one of the options, but I've got my calendar plugged into her and she will say in 30 minutes, you have a interview with Casey Davis. (laughs) So that'll kind of- You have her plugged into your calendar? Yeah. So my virtual calendar feeds into her and she will remind me in an increment that I set of appointments that are coming up. That is so helpful because I get the push notifications on my phone, but I can't tell you the amount of times that like you're doing something and it comes down. You're like, you like swipe it away or you don't see it. I had no idea that you could actually connect so that the notifications are coming through Alexa. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You can do uh, Apple Calendar or Google Calendar, which Google Calendar can feed into Apple Calendar, which I have an Apple Watch, so I do that. Google Calendar is where I have my foundation because it goes everywhere on any device pretty much. Mm-hmm. And then it can feed digitally into a variety of different devices, depending on what I use them for. Another app that is good for that is not on Alexa specifically, but do will harass you about reminders until you acknowledge them. That was actually on an ADH forum on Facebook. I can't remember which one, but someone suggested it and I tried it. Um, So things that are really critical, I will do that. So I don't do the swipe up and forget that data loss that I mentioned earlier. That's a big one for me. And what's Um, it called? So it'll remind me again. (laughs) Do, D-U-E. D-U-E. Okay. So how does that work? So like, let's say I need to feed my cats. So I do have a couple of reoccurring ones uh, for my meds. I'll, you know, I take my meds a little bit later in the morning because I have to stay up later um, for work and family obligations. So I have a reminder on um, a cycle and it will harass me every five or 10 minutes until I acknowledge it. And even with non like repeating tasks, By just having awareness of it, I can say, oh, I can't do that right now because of this important thing that got in the way, but let me reschedule it to a time I think I can. Mm. So it doesn't get lost. I'm not losing the data. It's bringing attention to it and I just reschedule it. Or I say, okay, I need to go ahead and do it. Like it's harassed me three times at this point. I need to... (laughs) I need to get that done. So that's very helpful too. I wish I could connect Alexa and do, but they haven't figured out that link yet. <laughs> so how is do different than Alexa just like setting a timer and alerting you to something? That harassing feature, the inability to get rid of the notification without either rescheduling it or deleting it. It will just keep, there's no easy way to snooze it. It will just keep going. Ah. In increments that you set. So you could say, you know, remind me every five minutes. They have a new feature now too, where it's urgent, where it it won't even let you get rid of it at all. It's like, this is really, really important. I haven't used that feature yet because I haven't had anything that's like that critical, but it just continues to remind you until you either reschedule it or delete it or do it, which is the ideal thing. Do you ever just delete it and then forget to do the thing? No. It's a process to delete it. So that's another thing about it is the way it's it's um, what we call a user interface. So that's what you're interacting with. It's user interface is set up that it's not 
easy to delete it. You have to like really cognitively say, I'm going to delete it because it's no longer relevant. You can't just say, oh, I'm busy. It's interrupting. It's like, no matter what, it is sufficiently interrupting your train of thought and direction so that like, if you're going to take the time to delete it, you might as well just go do the thing. Yep. That's actually kind of smart because it is so easy to just say like, Alexa, turn off. Yeah. Or to swipe away a notification on your phone. And part of that is because you're thinking, well, I've just got five more minutes on this thing and I'll do that. And you're like, you're just like batting it away with your hand. And then I, it does not take me very much time to forget something. So that is interesting. And you pick, when you reschedule, you pick increments. So I can say, I want to be reminded again in three hours, or I want to be reminded again in 10 minutes. So maybe you're like, knee deep in something that really can't end. A kid's got a problem. You're bandaging up a knee, whatever it might be. You can just very quickly say, remind me in two hours or, you know, what have you. Oh, okay. Um, But you can't delete it as easily as you can reschedule. Oh, so if you do want to just bat it away quickly, you can only do that by rescheduling it. And the rescheduling is easy. Yes, fairly easy, but it makes you think about it. So you're not just you know, losing it in the ether of your brain. (laughs) I will say the thing that I use Alexa for besides just the timer stuff is um, the grocery list feature. Mm -hmm. Because the amount of times that I have gone grocery shopping and forgotten, like something major, and I always think like when I run out of something major, I always think like, this is so major, there's no way I'll forget to get this when I go or when I order or when I whatever. But I found that like, I'm noticing that I need something in my kitchen, usually when I'm in the middle of doing something in my kitchen. Mm -hmm. And so putting the Alexa in my kitchen, so that as I'm literally like, you know, I'm stirring a pot, right? And I've used the last of the red wine vinegar, I can literally just be like, Alexa, add red wine vinegar to the right. And, And I don't have to even stop what I'm doing. Um, because what I found was I wasn't stopping what I was doing to go like write down the list. So the ability to have her do something for me while I'm doing something else. And then, you know, you have like your whole list there. Yep. Absolutely. I do that with my, um, my Apple watch because I can feed it into the do app as well. I can set reminders or make lists. So Alexa and, and, and my Apple watch kind of work similarly. One is just fixed in my office and one goes with me wherever I am. Well, the thing that I also like about, I don't know about the Apple watch, but I I had a smartwatch one time that I could make it, the notifications just vibrate Mm -hmm. with no sound, which was really helpful in environments where there was other people around, or I didn't want to alert people to like what it was I was reminding myself of. Like, you don't want to be, take your medication, right? In the middle of a board meeting, right? But you still want to be alerted. And it's like, okay, I can do that. I like that a lot. Oh, there was something else I was going to say. I think it was about the Alexa. Oh, you were mentioning like giving your daughter um, like transition times and like lead ups to transitions. So I've started doing that with my kids too, mostly because I forget. I'll be like 10 more minutes of TV and then I'll go do something and it'll be 45 minutes later. Mm-hmm. But you know what I found? And I don't know if you have found the same thing. My kids respond much better to Alexa telling them that it's time to stop doing something than me. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what you're better for everybody else's parents, but me. (laughs) Yeah. It's almost like they see her as some objective robotic. Yeah. It just is time. The the house just went off. Right. Like as opposed to, oh, mom just doesn't want us to watch more TV. So I just, that's like an interesting observation I wanted to share with listeners because. Well, 
They do. And I can't remember how young your kids are. Mine's Mine are 12. three and five. Mine's about to be 13 in a few months. And one thing to think about as they get older that's been good for her too is she started taking accountability for her own time buffers. Hmm. So first, second, third grade, I would set the transition time, but now she sets her own. So she'll say, Alexa, remind me in 30 minutes that it's time to get ready for bed or, or what have you. So she'll set her own buffers and and that's given her that skill that she'll take with her as she gets older. Um, and it gives her some uh, self-efficacy with it too. So it's not, oh, you know, mom is imposing this thing on me. It's me doing this to help myself feel better and do the things I need to do. I have seen people utilize also like smart bulbs with their Alexa where, you know, it'll, it'll change the color. Like there was somebody that I was listening to where their kids get like 15 minutes to read before they go to bed. And instead of the parent having to go in and being like, okay, lights off, they have a, a smart bulb. And after the 15 minutes, it turns purple to let them know they have a couple minutes left. And then it turns off. Mm. And I mean, obviously you can turn it back on, but it's like, it, it reminds them. And I think that's so key for neurodivergent kids, like teaching them how to use the technology that's going to be helpful to them. Cause I've really, I haven't done it yet, but I really would love to, even for my kids at their age, like get some smart bulbs and put like one of the, I have like an echo that someone gave me, like the Alexa little dot, mm -hmm. um, which is only like 50 bucks. I would love to set that up in their room to wake them up in the morning, right? Where it was like telling them it's time to get up and it was like turning on the lights and maybe playing some music, which is crazy that like even at the age of three and five, there's a way for me to start to give them some independence and some ownership. And I mean, I'm probably still going to have to go up there and help them and things like that. I'm not like leaving them on their own, but I feel like there's so much potential in technology with our kids to still give them the structure that they need while allowing them like better teaching them to have some ownership over that, you know, their processes and taking care of themselves and, and creating their own structure. Definitely. And for me and my daughter, you know, being on the autism spectrum, she thrives on structure and I am one of the most unstructured people <laughs> in oh the universe. God. I so relate so, to that. It's helped bridge a gap for us as a mother-daughter dyad where she's getting the structure she needs a little bit more, but it's not, either it's not totally impossible because a lot of things would be without these assistive technologies, I think, for me, but it's also not abrasive to me. So it really creates a very harmonious kind of ecosystem. Not that things don't ever go wrong ever. <laughs> Yeah. You know, we've been working on it for years, but, you know, I definitely am thankful. Those little things, like, they're so simple, but they make a big difference. That's awesome. Well, Kat, thank you so much for coming on and for sharing those solutions with us. I think that's going to be really helpful to people. And I quite literally am going to go download the tree app right now. Um, yeah. I'll make a list of everything I kind of mentioned today, yeah. too, so you can have it and share it and, you know, all of these are just a hodgepodge of things I've tested. So there's nothing. Amazing. We'll put it in the show notes. Yeah. Awesome. awesome. Thank you so much for having me today. Absolutely. Thank you.
Hi there, I'm Andrea Owen, self-help author with 19 translations of my books, global keynote speaker, and life coach. My podcast, Make Some Noise, has been serving up self-help in a simple-to-digest way for the last decade. The topics brought in each episode are practical and easy to implement around topics such as working through fears that keep you stuck, different modalities of therapy, managing your negative self-talk, and more. We bring you guest experts, solo episodes, and I even coach listeners on the air around relatable struggles. I also do my best to weave my sense of humor into some heavy topics because let's face it, life can be pretty hard and it's so much better when we can have some fun while walking through our challenges. Whether you're seasoned in personal development or just starting out, Make Some Noise podcast will help you become the best version of yourself, the person you're proud of when you look in the mirror and show up in your life. Simply search Make Some Noise with Andrea Owen wherever you listen to your podcasts.